0: Hey, everyone. This is Kristen Sandy Benton from The Kristen Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some great rising country artists. And today we have an awesome artist, as always. We never have bad artists on here. We always have great ones. And we have Diamonds and Whiskey, and you're going to really enjoy the story behind behind the group. But anyway, are you here? I'm here. So how are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing good. It's sunny out today, finally. There's been a lot of rain in the Carolinas, so uh, we're happy to see some sunshine now.
0: So as we get started, tell us a little bit about where you're from, some, you know, what you like to do for hobbies outside of music. Now, granted, some people always tell me music is their hobby, but, you know, out, but there's always got to be something. Uh, so tell us a little bit right. about you yourself.
1: Oh, uh, so music's not my hobby. <laughs> that is,
0: uh, I never never treated
1: it that way. Um, music is what I do. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, I love the I love to fish, I uh, I like camping, I, oh gosh, um, I usually play on a rec softball team, there are lots of other hobbies that I have that don't cost so much money, uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I enjoy those things, uh, yeah, music is what I'm trying to make my career, you know, out of, so, so yeah, but no, I, I do, I, I love to be outdoors, and you know, I'm kind of a country girl, I grew up on 30 acres, so I enjoy that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, my wife and I—one of the hobbies we like to do—and we haven't done this in a little while, but—and it's really low cost—is disc golf. Oh yes,
2: yeah, oh a lot yeah. Of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, a lot of people uh,
0: into
1: that in the Carolinas.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I think Charlotte has um, like seventeen disc golf holes. I mean, not holes, but courses. If I were, if mm-hmm. I <laughs>
1: they do. They even host that world competition um, that's huge. Um, and I have played disc golf once. I'm really terrible, so I did not go back. Plus, <laughs> it's a lot of walking, and
3: I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a great hobby, though. It's a really affordable hobby for people that like it. Is. It
3: is, yeah. It's fun to get out in the woods there and all that, play disc golf.
0: <laughs> so at what age did you know that you wanted to do music?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I started playing the piano when I was four, and around the time I was eight, I started singing in different plays, and then I was a classically uh, trained opera singer, you know, for high school and college, and so I I thought I wanted to go that route, but mm-hmm. um, turns out I, I like singing more rock and roll, so that, you know, <laughs> we're definitely more of a, a country rock group. You won't... You know, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to, to peel through our stuff yet or not, but it, it's on yeah, the, we have... the, the rock and roll side of things. So, um, so yeah, I knew a long time ago, When people asked me what I wanted to be. I want to be a rock star growing up. So um, <laughs> since I was a kid, this has been my dream.
0: So where does the name Diamonds and Whiskey come from? I'm sure well, you can
1: ask this. Oh, I do. I get I get asked a lot because people love the name. It's it's something that's memorable and you know people remember it when they leave, which is great. Um, and especially for females, I think girls really like it, but. Um, so the name now is more of me and my fiddle player. We front the band. Um, she's the whiskey in the band and she's definitely a whiskey girl. And I'm definitely the glamorous, <laughs> more diamond type on stage, but I named this band in the beginning before I got her. Um, and it was really more about my personality. So I, I love my stiletto heels, you know, and my bling and all that big hair and, you mm-hmm. know, like I want to be Dolly Parton, you know, so, but I also have the the rough around the edges side, you know. So mm-hmm. when I was talking to my friends, what should I name this fan? They're like, We it has to be two different things, you know, because you were two different people in there. <laughs> so <laughs> So um the Diamonds was the was the the part that came easily. And then, you know, I went through a whole lot of other things. So I was like, nah, it needs to have whiskey in it, you know, so diamonds and whiskey it was just two very opposite things. But we always say two of our favorite things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um as girls in particular, and, and like I said, she loves her Jameson, and, and I like the bling-bling, so it works out now with, with. us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so do y'all ever bump heads? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Um, so I don't know how much you know about Miss Elena, but she's Russian, um, born and raised in Siberia, <laughs> oh. and classically oh, wow. trained violinist and pianist. She also plays mandolin. She is one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life, and so beautiful and smart, um I love her um I mean, when I say I love her, like we are. We sleep in the same bed, so you know, like everywhere we go. <laughs> you mean, better, she, right? No, we we yeah. Well, we're on the road with three guys and two guys, and we don't have a choice. We have to share a bed. But um, but, yeah, she's um, she's my soul sister. <laughs> That's what we call each other, soul sisters. And um, yeah, every once in a while we butt heads, but right afterwards we're right back to I love you, you know. So um, <laughs> it, it's all, it's all give and take in a band, and we've been together now two and a half years um that's how old the band is it's a young band Mm. actually can I mean not like age-wise but as far as we haven't been playing that long to be getting where we've gotten so it's kind of um it kind of went a little faster but a lot of that is the way I approached it not just um go out and gig 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 like most bands you know so I kind of took a different approach to to what we were doing and it worked thank goodness
0: (laughs) so who was some of your musical influences growing up and who are they now and have they changed oh. a lot
1: um I, well i guess i would say they've changed some because music has changed some I um but so growing up i, I didn't actually i was not allowed to watch tv or listen to the radio so I oh, grew, uh, uh, <laughs> my parents yeah so i um grew up in a home where we did not have worldly things you know, so. Um, so I didn't get to listen to the radio growing up. So I just mm-hmm. played hymns and, and sang gospel and that sort of thing. But as I got, you know, into my late teens and went to college, it was definitely Matchbox 20. Uh, Rob Thomas, to me, is the best songwriter ever. I love him. Um, <laughs> and then, believe it or not, Eminem. I put Eminem on and I write to Eminem. <laughs> <So>, um, <laughs> people ask me how I write my lyrics. I actually spit them like rap. Um, so, um, and then, you know, I, I love Cher, <laughs> I love Dolly Parton, I love Katie Shepard, you know, all the old country greats, um, George Stone, yeah. uh, George Strait, mm-hmm. you know, of course all of those, but, but also like, you know, I like Nas and Jay-Z and, you know, I listen to a wide range, um, Heart is one of my favorite bands ever, uh, the Will oh, they're just amazing, um, and I think a lot of people liken us to a country heart. We hear that all the time. Oh my god, mm-hmm. you're like a country heart, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> big vocal and and female fronted, you know. So mm-hmm. um, and and a lead instrument. Elena's fiddle playing is not your normal country fiddle. So we play yeah. a lot of like ACDC, um, a lot of rock and roll <laughs> in our set, um, and, and she does lead on the fiddle, and it's insane. So, um, oh, but wow. yeah, that's kind of it. And then it changes. I got older. So Mumford and Sons, Avett Brothers. I love all that. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, when that kind of music came along, more than Americana, Brandy Carlisle. And, yeah, there's nothing I really don't love. I would say I just don't listen to, yeah. like, jazz and classical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what drives you? What's that inner thing in you where you're like, I just got to do this?
1: Yeah, um, so I am definitely the driving force in the band, so they would all tell you that. I, I don't know um, – I don't, I never say no, <laughs> and i like, we will find a way, um, I've been driv- driven like that since I was a kid, I'm I'm an Aries, I don't know if you, you know anything about us Aries women, but we are prideful, hard-headed, stubborn, driven, um, gotta be first, if you're not first, you're last, um, so I have that thing where, I don't know, I, I don't know where it comes from, but I just, I got to do it. When I put my, my mind to something, it's going to happen. so I just mm-hmm. plug away and work myself to
0: death until we get somewhere.
1: So it's just <laughs> in, ingrained in me somehow, probably from my father, who's a workaholic. So.
0: Oh wow. So as we um, look at if you as you look at what you have done in the last couple of years with your band, what are some moments where you're like, "Wow, I got to do that"? Some of the high, really oh, that- high highs.
1: Yeah, so, of course, it's going to be shows that we've played, people we've gotten to, you know, hang out with. And we played CCMS this summer, which is one of the biggest country music festivals in the country um, and Thomas mm. Rhett's there backstage and, and, you know, Florida Georgia line. And, and, you know, you're getting shuffled <laughs> from stage to stage, like you're a star. I think that's when it, it hit me. I was like, Oh wow. We're doing this. <laughs> like, you know, and, and they've got, you know, tour buses set up out back so you can like go hang out and you're, and you get mm-hmm. there and, and this is star treatment that you've never experienced before. And, um, you know, people are bringing you water and towels because it's hot, you know.
0: <laughs> and can we get you anything? And I'm
1: just like, I'm nobody. <laughs> like, I'm a nobody,
2: like in my head, you know?
0: So you're, you're um, living the diamond, you're living the diamonds part.
1: <laughs> right, right, exactly,
2: and
0: it just
1: felt so good, you know, it did, it felt really good, That, but that's probably the crowning moment for me, and then, you know, we've opened for Lone Star and Sammy Kershaw, mm-hmm. Lee Greenwood, you know, there's a lot of people that we've gotten to meet already, just in our little bitty span, we really just started playing out about a year and a half ago, so mm-hmm. um, it's, it's big to get to do that, but again, it was a whole different approach to this band, I think, than most people take, so...
0: Now, is there a venue that has been your favorite so far?
1: A venue? Oh, um, gosh, let me think. I would say, um, yeah, there are a couple. They're all in Western North Carolina. Um, Asheville has the Orange Peel. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. It's pretty big in Asheville. That's, you know, a lot of national mm. acts come through there. That's a big stage. Huh. So we got to play that uh, last January. That was amazing. Um, and then there's a new venue that a lot of big acts are playing now called the Barn at Paint Fork. Um, that's also in Western North Carolina and it's way out in the woods. And I mean, just crazy big acts playing there and we got to do that. So, mm. um, yeah, that was, it's like an outdoor kind of barn setting, but just beautiful. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of the mountainous scenes, you know, and I love North Carolina. That's where I'm from. So of course it's going to be a Carolina venue.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, as we dig a little deeper and we flip the script here now, because we talked about the highs, um, I want to go to the lows, and the reason why we want to do that, I, I want people to see the sacrifice, and, and, and this is probably what really spawned why we're doing this show. Um, back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls, and one of the advice she told us with artists, for artists, upcoming artists, she, and she said at that time they were full-time uh, musicians. And, of course, they went kind of a different route since. But at that time, they, they were doing this full-time, and she, the advice she gave, and I would, I'll never forget this. I almost bring it up almost every show because I think this is important for people to hear. But she said, if, she goes, if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music on the side. Keep it a hobby. And she yeah. said, coming from someone Who's full of time? Because this may sound funny. She goes, but she goes, the sacrifices that we have to make, she goes, the, 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 we have to eat different. The, the, the pain to our bodies that we do every night um, from, from the shows, the, the sacrifice from the whole family, not just – she said, not just me, but my whole family has to sacrifice. She goes, for all the sacrifices – you have, you have to be all in, and she said if your heart won't let you do anything outside of this, then go all in and do it right because that's the only way you're going to make it. And as we lead into that, that's where I want to go with, with this next part is tell us, like she was saying, some of the struggles that you have to go through that you've been you – because, know, of course, people might see you now, and, and you know, like you said, your band's been running two and a half years now. But they don't see that you've probably been doing this many years before that. So tell us some of the struggles that it's taken to get to this point.
1: Well, so actually, if I could be completely uh, frank and honest with you, um, I started this band right at two years. Like, I was not a musician before that. Um, I had a son with uh, Trace and Feeding Tube, a special needs child, and so I had to take care of that first before I could get to this point. Um, But Mm -hmm. once I started, when Uh I started this band, I took a different approach. So um, I actually worked my day job so hard that I almost killed myself so that I could record my album and do all the marketing ahead of time before I hit the road. So instead of hitting Mm -hmm. every bar and all that stuff, ahead, you know, it was just a different kind of work. So I get that. If you want to go all in and go out and gig every week, that's fine. What I did was, Work hundred hour weeks at my day job and put all my money into Which, it. Which <laughs> so is still,
0: but again, th- th- this is the, this is still the struggle that I yeah. want out because again, whether you do it the other way or this way, there's like you said, a hundred hour hour weeks. That's ridiculous to some. Right. They don't they don't get the, they don't get this side of it that that no matter where you are in music, you paid a heck of a price to get there.
1: Oh, a big yep, price. It's is your time. My, for me, it's my time away from my family. It's when I, you know, don't get to see my kids. You know, I just drove my band around the country for three months showcasing at every big convention I could find. And it worked. I mean, we are booked for major gigs this summer because we went and showed what we could do. Unfortunately, that mm-hmm. cost me a bloody fortune. And not only that, it was time away from my mm-hmm. kids, my family, like, you know, my house, everything else. I, it's like, I've killed my body you know I have Lyme disease mm-hmm. and I, sometimes I get off the stage I can't walk I mean it's I'm that sick mm-hmm. but I refuse oh, well. to quit it's like I'm not gonna quit like we will make it somehow one way or the other and finally because of all that come May mm-hmm. I mean we're booked out the rest of the year and it's it's not wow. your you know the bar gigs it's you know big festivals state fairs you know like it's it worked. Mm-hmm. you know so we're um yeah, there's a lot of sacrifice. My band, God love them. They, uh, they are in the trenches with me and they're just like, let's go, you know, so they, they trust <laughs> me and, and, just, and they're all on board. And I try to, you know, we take care of each other. You know, those guys, they, they carry me when I, when I can't walk and they take care of me when I'm sick, you know, cause Lyme disease is no mm-hmm. joke. Um, And so it's, it's been an experience, but I would not trade it. And my kids understand, you know, and, and yeah. they love that I do that. And for me, it's, I want my daughter to know when she grows up, she can do whatever she wants at whatever age she's at, as long as she works hard enough, you know. And so yeah. that's a force for me anyway. I want my kids to say, hey, I, I have this dream. Well, go get it. You just have to work hard for it. Just Go get it, you know. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it's so rewarding when you're on stage and, and you can inspire other people to chase their dream. For me, mm-hmm. that's why I'm in it.
0: And, and see, that's what this show really is about, not – of course it's to promote you, but there's an extra meaning behind this show. The reason why we ask questions the way we do on, on this show is I want people who are listening to realize they can chase their dreams because if you go through Absolutely. what you go through, then they can too. And that's really the whole purpose behind this show is to show people look. You know, that's why we try to show all sides because, you know, most hosts, from what I've seen out there, they try to do the fluff-fluff shows where show all the good, all the good, all the good. So then people step into whatever it is, whether it's music, whether it's business, it doesn't matter what industry it is. They step into this industry with this fake um, mask on because they have no idea what it really takes, and then within three months they quit because they were like, ooh, I didn't know all this.
1: Oh yeah, and if, and if you you know there are going to be a lot of doors that close in your face, and I have experienced that. Let me tell you, people that will take your money, that will use you, um, exploit you. I mean, it's ridiculous, and there you're going to run into that. And if you if you're going to quit at the first sign of that, then you don't need to be in this. Like, and you have to have thick skin because it, it really takes thick skin in this. Business. <laughs> so, so yeah, I um I, I completely understand, and I think it's great that you guys are doing that. That's awesome.
0: Now, how, how do you try to dip, um, look out for you and your band with so many scam artists? Because we both know when it comes to music, I think of all the industries out there from what, the, from what I've seen, I think music has more scam artists than anything I've ever seen.
1: I believe the same like I think the same way. I um I see it all the time. There's always some PR company or or some a quick a quick scam, you know, like, "Oh, we can mm-hmm. do this for you or that for you." I mean, and there are there are places you can put your money that are good for you, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you're still going to have to do the work. I mean, it's not the same as it used to be. It's not 30, 40 years ago when people were still being discovered on sidewalks and bars and you know <laughs> that sort of thing. Nowadays, you have to do it yourself first and and then you might get noticed and you might not but you can make money doing this if you do it right and um you know it really took me getting a really good manager and we are so blessed that we were signed with an amazing manager um but she really had to teach me the ropes because i i was clueless i mean i just didn't know and i can admit that like i was clueless so she really helps protect us i mean my booking agent Mm -hmm. does too my um, Paige as you know she I mean they all are yeah. they know so much more about this business I know how to go out and make money And put it in the band mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know how to sing and write songs And, and I can play piano bass guitar or whatever But I, I don't know the first thing About that side of it And I really messed up in some areas before And got taken advantage mm-hmm. of But now I feel like I have a great team That protects me and my band So I'm really blessed at this point
0: That is awesome Because you know and that's good that you that you're using it as a learning lesson because some people they get taken advantage of and they're like, "Oh, I just can't do this because every time you turn around." But you know, every time you feel taken advantage of, it you, you know, it's a learning lesson. You know not to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> as long as you don't yeah, I think so- sometimes, though, in life, I've seen people to where they get taken advantage of, and this is whether it's in music, whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships, where they just close their heart to anything. And, then, right. and they allow that hurt to manifest in, their, in, in, in themselves where they don't even do anything. Else. And that's good that you can get hurt but still move forward because a lot of people Oh, that's the story of my life.
1: yeah Yeah, i mean i I know really it is i mean it's what i write about it's a a lot of pain and you know but you just gotta get back up i mean muddy water we just released a single that's what that song's about it's about just getting crapped on over and over but i'll get right back up um and that's what you're
0: you're really good because that was where we about to go into that song (laughs) <laughs> so, so if you'll hang with us for a small break and then we will play the song and we come back from the song we'll talk about it.
3: Sounds great. Thanks.
0: All
3: right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at the sportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
0: We also have some great news coming to all of you um, Dan and I are about to launch a new podcast called Inspired Marriage Podcast. If you're married or thinking about getting married, this will be the podcast for you. It's about healing, and <clears throat> it's about healing and passion back into your marriage. Because when you look at marriages, that's the that's one of the biggest issues. Is There's no passion there no more. We want to help married couples bring that passion back God's way because that's where we feel like God is leading us down the road. We, God gave us the whole idea of Inspired Marriage back in 2010, and it's finally coming together. But be on the lookout for the Inspired Marriage podcast. It's coming soon to all the podcast arenas. And now here's Muddy Water. Really love that song.
3: Oh, yes. Great song.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Well, I know it's not your traditional country that you normally hear, but um, but I love that song, too.
0: So what inspired that song? Because you can tell there's a lot of pain there.
1: Yeah, I was pretty angry. I wrote that song in about two minutes flat, which I write most of my songs. About <laughs> oh, wow. two minutes. Um, I have the next two albums written, just so you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> Um. yeah so this song in particular just in the moment it was inspired by a friend that really really hurt a girl that I thought we were close and she really hurt my feelings and and it but then I, it just brought back a lot of other things. I had a a pretty rough mm. childhood and then um then you know a, a child with multiple, you know, um health issues and then I have Lyme disease and you know I've battled I mean there was a time when I was in a wheelchair, blind and deaf on my right side yeah. like you know, it, oh, I've wow. had a rough go of it. And so this song was my my ode to my grandmother as well because she used to say, "Well, Jennifer, you can't see through muddy water." And, um, uh, there were two reasons she would say that one was if my head was in her rear view when she was driving and two was if, was if uh, someone was being fake or lied to, or, you know, someone hurt your feelings or you just didn't know who they were. So that's where the, the yeah. line came from, just an old country thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, I was angry, you know, kick me when I'm down, but wait to see if I'll hang around, you know, it's, um. Yeah, it's pretty pretty angry song, but I think a lot of people relate to that. Everybody can relate to that, really. At some point oh, yeah. in your life, someone hurt you. And I think if you listen to the album, every song is like that. There's 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 something of, of in that theme that that is common for all of us. But the main thing I wanted mm. to get across with these songs, that song, Heartbreak Queen, um, you yeah. know, hands down, Sugar Stick, all that stuff, it's supposed to inspire you to get up not in a, a yeah. victim way like oh i've been hurt but it's supposed to be like nah you know pick yourself up and go on and so that's really what this album was about was telling that story and that i came out of all that and you can too
0: that is awesome and you know what since you mentioned hands down we've got it right here so let's go on into, into that one too
1: yes yeah, that
2: sounds yeah. awesome. It was just my lucky, it was nothing, it's all just a drop in the bucket to you, drop in the bucket to you. Stay tall, pick yourself up you. it was your call when I wanna try out this love on you, try my love on The cat, you gotta eat it too. You know, you had your cake with me. You had it all with me. Egg shells, we love to walk on them. Yeah, there's dirt dirty in my mouth. that goes good with the dental that True, baby, you know it's true.
0: about
1: that song? Oh, hands down. So this song just won um, Country Single of the Year at the CCMAs, the Carolina Country Music oh, Awards. Wow. So I'm super proud of that. Oh, awesome. Um, that is- yeah, yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, this is the first single we released off the album. And... Um, Yeah, I actually started this song, um, about a family member. It actually wasn't a relationship song, but then it kind of, you know, when you write, it's not always literal, you know? So I try to write in a way where it's also something people can relate to and interpret in their own way. But, um, but yeah, this was another one of those pick yourself up, like it, you know, know yourself worse, basically. That's what this song is telling you. Like, um, you know, know that you're worthy of love, whether it be from a family mm. member or whoever you're in a relationship with. And, um, if that's not going to be given in the proper way, peace out. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and, and you have to pick, look in the mirror every day and, you know, mm-hmm. tell yourself how great you are. Mm-hmm. I had to do this. I was scared to death to get on stage for the longest time. In fact, up until a few years ago, I was not this person. I was not that girl. I was terrified mm-hmm. to stand in front of people. And, um, And it really took people being like, look, (laughs) you got to love yourself first. Mm -hmm. And and so that's what I'm basically saying in this song is, you know, hands down the best thing you ever lost. you dang straight. (laughs) like You know, I'm a good person. (laughs) And um, (laughs) if you can lay your head down at night, uh, you know, every night Mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I did the right thing today, this is your song.
0: That is awesome. Yeah, I love that one. As we shift gears a little bit again, um, as you know, one of the hard, right now there's a whole battle in the country music scene for women in country radio what do you think about all yeah. that that's going on i mean it's a battle
1: um yeah. So it is a battle. It's, and I, so before I got into this business, I knew that if you listen to country radio, it's male, 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 and then you might get a female song and then, you know, but with that being said, if I were being honest, <laughs> I mean, cause I'm a female, I, I understood that for a long time, because I think we all kind of gravitate towards that and people mm-hmm. go to male shows and all that. So like, I, I do kind of, I kind of understand that's where the money is, so that's what's getting played, yeah. okay? So I try to look at both sides of things because that's who I am. Um, mm-hmm. And it's another reason why I went this route with my music um, was to try something different instead of your normal, what you would normally yeah. get out of your country female artist. However... However, I will also say that as a female, when it comes to booking and trying to mm-hmm. get gigs, they do not – you don't get taken as seriously. And, I mean, we yeah. I talk about this with a lot of female artists who I think are just amazing. I mean, they put on an mm-hmm. amazing show, but we don't get offered the same amounts of money, you know, and we we aren't taken as seriously when it comes to booking. It was so hard to get booked. I mean, just mm-hmm. difficult. And it really took – it took a, a couple guys, I mean, like the Orange Pill. We weren't supposed to play that gig. A guy gave me, Ryan Gilland, I'll never forget, It gave me that shot. It took that show right there for people to see oh. what we could do. Next thing I knew, we blew up all over North Carolina. Oh, wow. And it was because he gave me that chance. No one else would let me get an opening spot, you know, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so the frustration is real because you got a lot of, I mean, I think we're super talented. I think Elena's just amazing. I've never heard anyone that walked away from our show that didn't say, wow, you know, that was impressive. Yeah. And, but you got a lot mm-hmm. of female artists like that out there and we're struggling to get gigs or, you know, and, and so, yeah, it's hard. Like I get both sides of it though. You know, the guys sell, they do. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think you, you setting yourself apart is huge, you know, um, it's yeah. a huge thing. And that's why we're really going kind of down a different, a blues rock country but still kind of mainstream you know so our stuff still yeah. has the, the mm-hmm. hook that's mainstream and people like it but it's still different enough to where it's not the same we don't sound like anybody else so um, so yeah I it's hard like it's hard for me to even comment on it because it's frustrating in one respect but I kind of understand it in the other way you know <laughs> so
0: yeah, yeah um, cause Joe, yeah, the Joe Kelly because really... <laughs> Joe Kelly from CDX Nashville he, he talked about it he, again, he has seen both sides, but he said that – he said if you narrow it down, he says if you're a woman singer, you have to cater whatever way you can to the 34-year-old woman. Because he said that's exactly. the average buyer yes, of yes. country music.
1: Yes, that is exactly right. And I'm going to tell you, our audience mid-30s women and and men Not, from their 30s to 40s. And, well, we get a lot of guys in their 20s too, but women, I'm telling you that's that's what we've been catering to in that age group because, you know, I get it. I mean, that makes total sense.
0: <laughs> so that, so you're doing basically what he said because, again, because we discussed that because uh, on Wednesdays I normally do, which I won't be doing one tomorrow, I'm taking tomorrow off from it, but Wednesdays we normally do like a called state of the music <laughs> business where we bring on an executive to talk about the music side, the business side of music, because, you know, everybody interviews artists, but nobody really interviews the executives. And, you know, right. Joe Kelly w- was willing to do be our first one, and he anybody in Nashville that knows music knows who he is. So I thought that was pretty cool that he gave us that shot to be the first guest for that little new segment that we had a couple – started a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> but, yeah, he he was – he said – was talking about all that, and I was like, yeah, "That's really awesome, you know that he's willing to be open and and all that." And we're excited that artists like you are willing to come on the show and be open, because again, you know, we realize that with our show, you have to be a little more vulnerable than you do in other shows, but that's our point,
2: <laughs> right?
0: You know, we want the artists to open up because I think a lot of hosts out there is just from what I've seen, they're scared to get the artist to open up too much because, you know, again, if people know your past, sometimes they might judge you. But I think if people know your past, they connect to you.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree. And I would say that's the biggest part of what I try to do as a performer is connect to people and talk about things and you know Whiskey Down is that track too with oh gosh I can't even tell you the women in there especially later you know 30s 40s like they get this because I've been there Whiskey Down is a true story it's the first song I ever wrote waiting on a man to come home (laughs) from the bar and and when I tell this story the girls, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just like, oh my god, like I get it, you know. So, and it's mm-hmm. those stories that connect you. That's that's why we all love Dolly, right? And we love, you know, the old storytellers. Oh, yeah. That's that's <laughs> what I love about that music.
0: So, what do you think about Loretta Lynn? And I, this is first time I've ever asked this one, so this one could be a, you might not want to answer me, but well, we'll ask it anyway. What do you think about Loretta Lynn recently coming out and saying country ain't country no more? I was surprised that she said that.
1: Yeah. Um, so here we go. I have I have mixed opinions about that as well. So I mean, I, I do too. I, I, I agree I, I, in a lot I of ways. Try. Yeah, we do too. Yeah, so I see why she would say that, because a lot of people say that, right? So that's that's the thing, all the same country. You listen to, like,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know,
1: New new Age country, you know, Sam Hunt and Kane Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these are that I love, mm-hmm. I've yeah. nothing against that. I love them. Yeah,
2: but, um, us too. But at
1: the same time, yeah, we do that's too. not what you would call traditional country, right? So yeah. no that's music now though. Every, I feel like, and someone told me this probably 20 years ago, all music's going to start sounding alike at some point. Um, And and it kind of has happened. You get all these influences coming in, like me. Like, I mean, maybe we don't have a lot of pop in there, but I mean, Mm -hmm. Hero, I don't know if you listen to Hero, but that's just a straight up like ballad. There's nothing really country about that. Um, If you, you know, and if we didn't have steel guitar in in our music or fiddle, I mean, it might just be straight up rock, you know, so it's, (laughs) It's all the influences that we're getting now, and it's a. Yeah. And she's right in that way. Yes, country ain't country anymore. If we're calling country what was country 50 years ago, then no, it's not country anymore. But is it today's country? Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. Because Florida Georgia line, and, right. You know, I mean, I would say like even Zach Brown isn't your standard country, and I love Zach Brown. I mean, I yeah. we're oh, oh we're supporting him mm-hmm. actually this summer. Speaking of which, um, but but yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's um, yeah. I mean, I I agree and disagree at the same time. That's one of those battles that I hate <laughs> that people are even trying to fight, because I love Chris Stapleton because it it mm. gives me that old country but mixed with blues, you know. Um, and and then I like lo- I like the new stuff. Like I said, I love k mm. Brown. I, I love Sam Hunt. I I love mm-hmm. Florida Georgia Line. Like you know, there's just so many great artists. And for me, if you're putting out we good music,
0: you. yeah. You, you know, we feel you on that because, um. Did you ever wa- watch that eight-part series called Country Music?
1: I did not. No.
0: You you should you know if you can find it wherever it's at, you should really watch that because they talked about this. It was Here's the funny part. Mm-hmm. You know jo- your Johnny Cash's, you know the the the, the, the 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 today's heroes where they say now that's real country. Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson, all those people. In their day, was the people that was destroying country music. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the the generation behind them said the exact same thing that this generation is saying about the new country. Exact same thing. Right. So it's and evolved. it happened it about is every is twenty years. <laughs> it's just evolving. Mm-hmm. I, you know, some people see it as a bad thing. But can you imagine if country music stayed what it was in the 50s?
1: Oh, exactly, yeah. It, it, it would
0: it would be so boring and all that, you know. It, it's got to evolve to a degree. And so we see both. Yeah, we like the traditional stuff too, but we, you know, I I like, you know, I like a mixture of Sam Hunt and a Blake Shelton. I like, you know, and a Chris Stapleton, oh, yeah. you know. I, I like all Yeah, of we like all of and it. Florida Georgia Line, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'll be honest, For Georgia Line kind of screwed it up for the women, I think, because I think they're the ones who, cre- who created bro country, and if you really mm-hmm. look at when country radio changed, because even San- Sandy was telling me that, because I didn't really listen to a whole lot of country back in the 90s, but she said there were mm-hmm. a lot of women were played on country radio. <laughs> there was. Yeah. It was a lot. Yes, back it was then. a lot
1: more women back then in the nineties. And my heroes, women wise then, I mean Winona and Reba, you oh, know, yes. I mean just I go back and I listen to The Judge and, and I love that era of country. Love it. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of women women then, Trisha and stuff. But then Bro she's right, Bro mm-hmm. Country came along and, and it is what it and is. Just, um it,
0: yeah. The good thing is it looks like it's got, again, I don't mind the bro country. I like your part. I, I I like to listen to the party song from time to time. I don't like every song. To yeah, a those are punk. fun. sometimes, <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but I feel and, like that's and what and we're it,
1: getting now is the pandering, if you will. And so mm-hmm. that's the thing that I don't want to do. So, and don't get me wrong, I've yeah. got one song like that that I'm writing where it's kind of like that. Cause I feel like it would be fun mm-hmm. for girls to have that sort of bro country moment. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, um, it's for me again going back to storytelling so whether whether i sound all country or not like back then but i you know like old country i still mm-hmm. feel like i'm telling you a story and for me exactly. that's what i want to do with my music because that's real country to me if i got yep, down that, to it it would be telling you that mm-hmm. story
0: and that's what i always try to tell people to me whether you got whether you're old style or new style if it's telling the story that's what country's all about Exactly. Yeah. It's like the quote, you know, three chords in the truth. That's what that's yes. country. It doesn't it doesn't matter whether it's old or new, three chords in the truth, if you do that, you're country.
3: <laughs> right.
1: Yep, and that's exactly how, how I feel about it. So no matter what you put with those three chords, you know I get down with with the stories because that's where I relate. At the end of the day, yeah, um, and it doesn't matter what genre I'm listening to. You know, it's why I exactly. again love Matchbox Twenty because I feel like I'm getting that from his music. Um, so so yeah, I completely agree on
0: that front. So if um, it's a two part question, if you could co write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? And what would the song be about that you would that you would love to write about?
1: Oh gosh, who would it be? What would I love to write about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um God. So, what the thing I'm not really good at, and I, is I'll be on like I'm going to be completely honest with you because <laughs> I'll admit my mm-hmm. faults, Harvey. Um, the thing I'm not really good about is taking a topic from thin air and writing. So this is why, like I may I may mm-hmm. never ever be in that national writing circle where it's like, oh yeah, here's our topic, here's what we're writing about. Because when I write, it literally mm. comes from the heart, like it is in the moment. Yeah. It's, it's why I also mm-hmm. don't have any love songs, if you notice that. So. Um, <laughs> So it's it's in the moment, and that that's how I write. I can't help it. I'm an emotional writer. Um, but if I could write with anybody, um, so it it would be Dolly. I I can't help it. I love her songwriting. I think she's just amazing, and I feel like she can write just about anything about anything, but also make yeah. it seem like it's coming straight from her heart. Do you know what I mean? Like, so oh, I yeah. would want to learn how to Very do that. Good that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what topic it would be. I would like to just write about something completely random with her so that she could maybe teach me. (laughs) Because because all my songs come from some part of my life. I mean, 25 to Life is extremely real for me. Um, I mean, I pour my heart out into that stuff. So Mm. um, I don't know how to do that, but I would hope that maybe another songwriter could teach me one day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So because we try to keep this a family show, we always have my little boy ask a question. He Eight year old, eight years old, and you know, one one way we do this is make him feel like he's a part of this too. So he's a he's going to get on. He's going to because <laughs> he is a part of it. There's okay, here muscle. he
3: is. He is ready. All right,
1: take it,
2: Christopher.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, hi. What's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. This is easy. I like. Sushi. Like any kind of sushi. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite food. In fact I might have that today now that you brought it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were so cute. <laughs> so what's your favorite food, Lucris? Uh
1: pizza. Oh, pizza's a good one. What do you like on your pizza? Pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how I get mine, just pepperoni. I'm I'm simple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, <laughs> bye, Christopher.
3: <laughs> oh, he enjoys that. He always does. He's our future little podcaster. There, he's gonna have his own Aww. show someday. So. He says. <laughs> I love
1: it.
0: I don't. I don't want to. You know, it's funny. You got a lot of these parents that say, "I want my kid to be a doctor. I want my kid to be a lawyer." I actually don't. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you know, <laughs> I mean, if he go, if he wants to go that way, then that's great. Up, we'll support him. Whatever but he I'd wants rather, to do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'd rather him go to creative slash business only way.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so my, I'm the same way with my son, and I, I just, yeah, I'm. Well, he, so my son plays. Uh, bass and guitar is phenomenal musician better than me oh, actually wow. um oh, well, but he doesn't awesome. want to be on stage at all he has no desire <laughs> I begged him I'm like come on the road with us you can just play with us he's like nope I don't want to be on stage um he, he oh. likes the quiet life and he wants to go in the medical medical field but not to be a doctor he wants to be a, a nurse and work in pediatrics so um oh, wow. Yeah, he was a um, one-pound preemie, a micro preemie, if you will, and oh, wow. has had 20-some surgeries, and he is a miracle. So his flight in life is helping helping babies that were like him, and I think that's amazing. So, um, Oh, that's great. I'm all about my kids doing whatever they love, no matter what it pays.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like mm-hmm. that's a calling within him, which is good, because I cause I'll, I'll always get frustrated with parents who say they want their kids to be this doctor or this lawyer or this whatever um, and I'm like, why not let them pursue their calling, what they, you know, what they feel God's calling them to do? Because I've got friends of mine that have been a doctor or lawyer for like 15, they're 15 years into their career now. And, I, and there's, few, there's been several people I sit down with, and we're getting, we get to talking man-to-man, and they're like, I'm not happy. Like, what do you mean you're not happy? It's like, I don't like being a doctor or a right. lawyer, or whatever, and I'm like, what do you mean you don't, I mean, you've been there 15 years, and you're making good money, it's like, I, money doesn't matter, I it it's like, well, why'd you do it? Oh, my parents pushed me this way, and now they're miserable, I mean, I've got friends right. of mine that their parents pushed them so hard for college, and so hard for a professional career, that 15 years down the line, they destroyed their marriage, destroyed their family, and everything, all because of one issue. They, they were they were not happy with their career choice. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I know
2: a get, lot of people like
0: that. And I try to get on the parents, and they're like, "Please support." You know what? Let's say that you don't think they can make it in music, and that's their passion. Let them go out there. Let them fall. Don't say I told you so. And you be their shoulder. Support whatever you know, because I think that's I think that's what they need. The most is not for you to say, "Oh, I want you to go do that." No, they need you to say, "You know what? I support that decision." That's what they need, right? And then be there if they do fall, right? Because you both know that in that most careers, most people is going to fail, especially if you go music route. I mean, we know that very few people will ever make it. And I grant, like Joe Kelly said, I really love something he said. He says, because of the tools today, it ain't like it used to be years ago. Years ago, you pretty much had to latch onto a label if you were going to make any kind of good income. He says, now, he says, with the tools we got today, he says, not only does an artist no longer need a label. Now, now if, you're, if you blow up, you need a label, he said. <laughs> he said, but if you're not blowing up, you can literally make a dollars $200,000 profit a year and be happy. He says, I know artists exactly. that – that they control everything. They, they control everything that happens. They control the gigs and and all that. And and they're happy. They they don't want to make a million a year, two million a year, $10 million. They're, they're happy doing that, doing what they're doing because they control their time and all that. And they're still making a good income.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's the, that's the goal that I set for us, you know, was it wasn't to go make millions of dollars, you know, to start with. It was, You know, where are we going to be in a year? I want I want to get our album done, and we spent a year rehearsing before we ever went out because I wanted our show to blow people away. I don't want to just go play you a bunch of covers. You're going to leave there with moments of, wow, that Mm -hmm. happened. You know, so and that and that's part of what we do, and I think why we got the recognition we did once we finally got to play live. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's. Uh, you can make money doing this, but it takes, it takes time and money. The other side of yep. that I would say real quick is that supporting your kids' dreams is important. However, yep. I run into so many young people whose parents have paid for everything, so they've never had to work <laughs> for it, so they don't. And it's um, it doesn't mean anything to them. 18, 19, yeah. 20 years old, and mom and dad are yeah, putting all the bills side to that. Exactly. So there's got to be a healthy combination there where you make your kid work for it, you know, but also be extremely supportive. So, um, yeah, that, it's the thing I see the most, and I'm like, wow, you take that for granted, you know, because I, I don't have that. Everything comes, you know, from from me or, or my band, you know. So it's like, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, we're we're all hustling, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever we can do in the in the trenches working it out you know and and so i mean my, my mom loves me to death and every once in a while i use her points for hotels or something which we're very grateful for um but for the most part it's just us out hoofing it you know so yeah. you definitely have an appreciation for it when you have to work
0: hard yeah exactly so what um if you look back at your life what you know it could be a song of yours or a song of somebody else don't really matter who What song describes your life?
1: What song describes my life? Oh, gosh. Um, Okay. My favorite song in the world um, is Push by Matchbox 20. I feel like that song, I get that song. song. Like that song from, Mm -hmm. yes. So that song is how I feel or how I felt (laughs) most of my life, probably till I hit Mm – you know, a few years ago, I'm not gonna tell you all of them. But um, but till I, <laughs> a few years ago, um, you know, she said, "I don't know if I've ever been good enough." Like, you know, that mm-hmm. that describes my life. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I feel that song because I so wanted to rise up, and I just wanted to be like, "I want to push you around." Like, I'm so sick of feeling pushed around, and I think, um. Yeah, that's the song I relate to the most. It is my favorite song. People are like, "Oh, I don't have a favorite song. I have a favorite song. <laughs> that is my favorite song, and I, I feel that one to my core. <laughs> so, so that one to me would describe my my most of my life until the past few years. <laughs> and,
2: oh wow! And I
1: still listen to it almost daily. Like that's how much I love oh, wow. that song. Yeah, awesome.
0: So if if you're an artist, me. exactly, because music moves people. I mean. Music goes back to day one. I mean, music has always been there. And that's what I like. Absolutely. If it don't move me, I don't want to listen to it.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. And lyrics mean so much to me because I'm a lyricist. And (laughs) I, I really want to know what made that person write that, you know, because that comes from somewhere deep, usually, exactly. you know, that's one reason, like, I don't yeah. listen to the Bro country so much, because I'm like, okay, dirt roads, blue jeans, yay, um, <laughs> but it's fun, so, you know, for a party mix, it's fun, yeah. but my everyday is, mm-hmm. is going to be something deeper, you know.
0: Yeah, because
1: yeah, yeah. that's what we love Absolutely. about
0: when we, as we're interviewing and having conversations with singer-songwriters, is... I love it because, you know, their songs really represent who they are in most cases. I mean, there are some people who write some stuff that they never lived. But for the most part, most singers write from where they live. And I think that's what makes country music different than every genre. Now, granted, I I guess hip-hop, a lot of the rappers, they they write from where they grew up and all that, too. So that's kind of a mixture there. But for the most part, that's what country music is about, Is writing what you have you're either living or what you have lived. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: I think that's why I do gravitate towards rap sometimes. Is that (laughs) I don't normally love I don't love the the dirty kind of rap. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Talib Kweli and High Tech and like people that that rap about even Eminem. So there's a lot of Eminem that I love where I I feel Mm -hmm. him. You know, like I know this is coming from hard knocks. You know, hard life. Like and so. Exactly, and and I'm, by the way, I'm so happy to hear his new album. I and mean, I really feel like he came back with that. But anyway, I just am like, you know, th- those people I really resonate with because I feel like they're really spitting about something that that happened to them or that means something to them. Um, as where again, like I hear some of the newer stuff out, and I'm like, Ugh. okay, I've heard this all before, just maybe in a different key. <laughs> yeah. <case>. yeah.
0: <laughs> now, if if you had a magic wand. And what you're about to – and however you answer this is going to come true. Where do you want to be in five years? And The reason why I ask it this way is because five years ago, February of 2015, we asked the same question to Kelsey Ballerini, and she's almost living almost to the T of what she said. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: wow. That's amazing. That is awesome. <laughs> I love her. I've seen her. She's, uh, she puts on a great show. Um yeah, oh gosh, 5 years from now. Um and, and it is a 5 year plan. Let me tell you. It's not a 10 year plan. <laughs> but That's um, why I say five Yeah, years. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean I I my dream is to be on major tour. That's where I want to be. I want to be, you know, a household name. I I want everyone to know our music and to be not, you know, not just inspiring on a regional or national level and and you know, so our new hashtag is actually worldwide, so we're already oh, wow. growing that. Um, I don't know. We're we're um, you know charting in Europe and and uh, New Zealand, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean we're we're really growing that. But yeah, so five years from now, that's where I want to be is um, is on our on our own tour and at least Mia. sustaining uh, all of our incomes and and just living from playing music, you know, and not check awesome. check, you know. <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> yep that is really awesome. so what's a question as we end this um little show, what's a question that you wish people would ask you when you're interviewed but they never do if there is one?
1: Oh gosh, um hmm, I feel like all my interviews have been really good um <laughs> question uh I don't know I wish people would ask something uh, that's like, uh, kind of less personal sometimes. You know, um like mm. what my favorite car is or you know <laughs> that sort of thing. You know, because I feel like I get a lot of tough questions and sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish they would dig into to more favorites. Like your, like your son's question. Um like I enjoy <laughs> oh, this yeah. and the little things because I feel like, you know, the little things are the everyday things that that go by yeah, and right. then we all get into the deep yeah. stuff, but yeah, I would say it would be something like that or you know, if I prefer being blonde or brunette, or you know, like, like something, <laughs> something random and silly, because I, I kind of want to know those things about people too, like what you know, mm-hmm. the, yeah, them. the little things that you like. Um, but that's just me. Um, because I feel like a okay, lot of so my friends are really What's something quirky about you? Something quirky about me? Um,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I hate feet. Is that quirky? Like I don't like feet at all. Like I don't like my own feet. <laughs> like I have cute feet. It's not that they're not cute feet, but like I don't like to see anyone's feet. Like I almost don't go to the beach because I don't want to see bare feet. Is that weird? That's weird, right? No, I'm, I'm kind of cool. the same quirky,
2: way. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that, that's
0: good. I love. That. You know, I almost yeah. missed that que- – it's funny. I almost missed that question as I'm going through the sheet. I somehow overlooked right. that's one of the, my questions I answered, the quirkiness. And then you, and then when you talked about some of the stuff that you wish people would ask, I'm like, ooh, I have missed that question because that kind of goes along with what you were saying.
1: <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of my – I'm almost afraid of feet. It's a weird
0: oh, well. foot
1: fear. I don't know if that's a thing or what, but so, it, so it's, it, it's real. It's I'm It's funny. Not Instead it. of foot
0: fetish, it's foot fear.
1: Yes, yes. I don't like my feet touched. I don't want them rubbed. I don't want you to look at them. I don't want to look at anybody else's feet. I don't want to rub your feet. Like, I just, I need feet to go away. But we need them. So it's not like I can, just, you know, come up Yeah. Feet
0: off. So, so, so it's almost like no matter which way you look at it, it's FF foot fetish or foot fear. Yeah.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what? We really enjoyed this. Oh, we oh, did. Me too. Thank Absolutely. you so much. As we're ending this, Tell everybody how they can reach out to you.
1: Oh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, just Google. <laughs> We're on YouTube at <laughs> Diamonds and Whiskey, spelled out two of our favorite things.
0: That is awesome. And you know what? We enjoyed this. We love your story. An amazing story. You're definitely going places. And I like that you're doing things different. That You know, again, I like all we the artists that. that are doing mm-hmm. other stuff, too. But I also like to see different, and I like that.
1: Right. I think it's important nowadays. There's so many musicians, and I, I love so many. And then there's, I'm not knocking anyone else's way. It's just for us. I feel like yeah. this is a a better path.
0: Exactly. You know what? You know, hopefully six months or so, we can have you back on and get an update from you.
1: That'd be awesome. Maybe we'll have the whole band. We'll be on the road then, so it'd be cool to uh, <laughs>
0: to do this again
1: when we're out west touring. Oh yeah. that
0: would be awesome. And you know what? You know, that's a wrap for this show, and I guess we will talk to you real soon.
1: Thank you, guys. Have a great day.
0: You oh, too. Oh, you too. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show. Nita definitely look look her up. She's awesome. Great music. She's definitely going places. Um, Diamonds and whiskey. Just put that in Facebook, and you'll find them. You can't you can't miss it. Um, but tomorrow we're not having a show, so you know. And then, um,
3: actually, we are then, tomorrow. Tomorrow's oh, Tuesday. okay. That's
0: right. Tomorrow we're having a, I, I'm yeah. like lost now. I can't even get my days <laughs> right. <laughs> tomorrow, yeah, we this have a is Monday. Show,
1: Tuesday. is Tuesday.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking today's Tuesday. Um, but tomorrow yeah. we have Caitlin Baker coming out just from. From Pound, Virginia, kind of, she kind of grew Close up to around. the West area Sandy where
3: is. I grew up, so I'm super excited about her being on the show.
0: <laughs> and then Wednesday we won't have a show, and then Thursday, we have um, Megan Woods, who who was on Idol a few years ago, so we're excited about that. But anyway, until tomorrow,
3: yes.
0: we will talk. We will see y'all soon.
3: Bye.